2: Here is Wes Reynolds. Welcome
0: back to Racing Lines. Wes Reynolds and Mikhail Miranda here. We have been away for a while, about a month here in the summer break for the Formula One schedule. But we're going to get to round 14 this week, the Belgian Grand Prix. So we are well into the second half of the Formula One season. Uh, A lot has happened, and we'll get to the updates later on in terms of the silly season where drivers are going, which ones are coming. So we will get into that. But the first thing we are going to do is recap the last time we were on the air with you for the Hungarian Grand Prix. The podium finish was Max Verstappen going ahead and winning in Hungary. And by the way, he started 10th on the grid. So goes all the way to the first place on the podium. And then it was Mercedes 2-3, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. George Russell, by the way, his first pole at the uh, Hungarian Grand Prix. So... Mercedes second race in a row, they take two spots on the podium and conspicuously absent from that podium was Ferrari. So Mikhail, get us up to speed on the Hungarian Grand Prix and what took place.
3: I don't want to say this again, but I guess we have to say it again. Ferrari, stop making mistakes. Come on. It's your (laughs) strategist. Get your stuff together because we can't have this. We're coming up to the last nine races of the season. You've got to be able to make sure that you can get your stuff in order because you just messed up both your drivers, both finished outside of the points. Uh, I have no idea what's going on. And it was excellent to see Max because he was on point. Red Bull was on point. That is what a championship team looks like. And that is the reason why we're seeing them on top as first and very, very big favorites going forward. You'll hear the odds coming up soon. But... Ferrari need to stop making silly, silly errors. So here's the top five things that we learned from the Hungarian Grand Prix. First one, Ferrari making strategy errors, still the same. Uh, second, you can't count Max Verstappen out. Yes, last year he did win the world championship in terms that were not too good, not favorable Michael Massey and all that drama that's gone, but... He is the world champion. There's the reason why you're seeing him as world champion right now and defending the title with a big lead. You can't count Max Verstappen out. Third, Carlos Sainz is feeling a bit more comfortable with Ferrari. And we can see that. He finished just outside of the points in the Hungarian Grand Prix. So... We might be seeing a lot more from Carlos Sainz as a driver progressing with the Ferrari team. Yes, this is his second year with Ferrari, so we're gonna see a lot of big things coming from him soon. He may be playing the second driver, the second fiddle, but he is playing that position absolutely well. Fourth, we have to talk about this. This is very important, is Mercedes performance gains over Ferrari. Now, I did say this in the last episode that I do believe that Mercedes can take Ferrari position in the constructors they're fourth and ferrari's third so i do believe that mercedes have the knowledge and the capabilities and the facilities to overtake ferrari especially with the silly errors that ferrari are making We can actually see them. And we know that Mercedes are world eight-time constructors champions. So we might be able to see them actually supersede Ferrari in in the coming races. So I'm very excited to see what Mercedes can do here, especially with Lewis Hamilton finally finding his form back up again. I have been very excited talking about this in the last couple of episodes that Lewis Hamilton is coming back and he has been finishing consistently above George Russell now. So that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. So we'll see what Mercedes have yet to come. And the last uh, thing that we learned from the Hungarian Grand Prix is Alpine have bought upgrades to that race and they are working much, much better than McLaren's. So we are seeing McLaren struggle and we do have some news regarding McLaren coming up with the updates. But this is the top five things and it's, it's very interesting to see that McLaren are actually going down the field compared to where they finished last year. Uh, so, I want to see what McLaren have in store with the coming non races, especially with the FIA clamping down on some stuff that we'll be talking about with the updates. Uh, Wes, let's talk about the team standings here. Red Bull at 431 points. Do you like that? Do you see Red Bull absolutely running away with the championship right now?
0: You certainly got to think so, though, with what we've seen out of Ferrari. That is two straight races because. Ferrari did not make the podium in France either, and they also uh, failed to make the podium in Hungary, fourth and sixth, respectively. So now you have Ferrari 97 points back, 334, so still mathematically well alive. Mercedes at 304. They are inching on uh, passing Ferrari for that second spot, as you mentioned, Alpine at 99 points, and then McLaren down there in fifth at 95. So let's get to the driver standings. Max Verstappen now an 80-point lead over Charles Leclerc, Ferrari at 178, Sergio Perez at 173, Carlos Sainz, the other Ferrari at 156, Lewis Hamilton at 146, and then rounding out down through the top 10, Lando Norris at 76. That's the one constant of McLaren, and we're going to get to that momentarily, is that Lando, we know, is going to be back for, uh, for 2023 and beyond. He is at 76 points. Esteban Ocon at 58, Valtteri Bottas at 46. Fernando Alonso at 41 points. So Max Verstappen, 80 point lead. It's not necessarily insurmountable, Mikhail, because we have, you know, we have a lot of races left to go. Uh, we have 22 races, and we're just going to have our 14th this week in Belgium. So look, stranger things have happened, but that is still a big deficit with with nine races left to go. So. You know, Red Bull, it's all in their hands right now, and and they should be able to put it away if they don't fall prey to what Ferrari is doing and making mistakes. But Red Bull has had the look of a championship team all season long. Now, before we get to the Belgian Grand Prix, though, we've had a month off, so we've had a lot of things that have happened in Formula One, especially in silly season with some rules uh, uh, arrangements with the FIA. So let's get the listeners up to speed on what's been going on.
3: So the first update that we need to talk about is FIA have finally got their porpoising criteria down. Now we know porpoising has been a big talk of the season since the start of the race. So uh, let me refresh your memory with what porpoising is. It is the aerodynamic effect that's vertically bouncing and sometimes this bouncing can be very aggressive and take a heavy toll on all the drivers so we saw George Russell, Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc and many other teams actually talk about how it's been hurting their back and neck so the FIA have finally stepped in to put down a criteria of how much bouncing is uh, appropriate and, and accepted with the races so we might see a lot of things going down now speaking about the sport stuff that the FIA is doing, Red Bull, when other teams have been saying uh, this might be favoring some teams, bringing them back into the championship. And a lot of the hints have been towards Toto Wolf, who's the team principal at Mercedes. So there's a lot of stuff being said that, okay, so Mercedes might be roped back into the championship. Now, I don't think that this is going to be a big effect. It might be big enough just to get Mercedes above Ferrari, but not big enough for Mercedes to come back at Red Bull. They're quite far down. The next update that we have is Red Bull, they can only lose if they make the same mistakes that Ferrari is making and we can't see that. We know what Red Bull can do. Back when Sebastian Vettel was passed with the team, back in 2014, they are a championship winning team. They know exactly what they need to do. Christian Horner, team principal at Red Bull, is on their case. Uh, and Wes, you just mentioned, like the only way Red Bull can lose this and the only way Max Verstappen can lose this is if they mess it up themselves. So now it's time to see what the potential, what character that Red Bull and Max Verstappen have to see if they can actually secure this world's championship uh, in 2022 by themselves and have lone races and just be there and prove to the world that they are champions. This is exactly what a championship team should be. Uh, Next is uh, Ferrari is running out of time to catch up. And I know, Wes, me and you are heavy on Ferrari, but do you think they can catch up to Rebel coming up in the, na- in the last nine races? Do you think that this silly season that we just had off, this month that we've had off, has been enough to refresh the minds at Ferrari and make sure that they have a nice, well, strong strategy in place uh, for the next I nine races? I
0: think they can close the gap, but this is a this is a lot. I, th- I think the break really came at the right time for this team because for this team to miss the podium two straight races, I think it's the third time on the circuit so far this year that they've done that. They also missed the podium at Azerbaijan early in the season. So they can close the gap, but I, I don't think the Red Bull momentum, at least for the championship, is going to be stopped anytime soon.
3: Agreed, right there with you. And I think that Max and Red Bull have been handed the baton and they're going to run free. And we know that Sergio Perez is coming up. Uh, he is the great second driver that Red Bull needed in the past two, three years because we saw Alex Albon. We even saw Pierre Gasly, who were the second drivers at Red Bull, who sort of could not fill that seat and being Max Verstappen's number two. I mean, seeing Sergio Perez do that very very well now the fourth point this is where there's a lot of drama this is where everything got very very silly the driver market uncertainty right so let's start off with uh, a very sad note first is that sebastian vettel retiring at the end of the season so uh, he is leaving the sports uh, what sport he's going to or if he's going to spend time with family still yet to be determined but he did come on instagram saying hey I'm going to be spending some time with my family. I'm going to watch my kids grow up. So Aston Martin lost Sebastian Vettel. And the moment that was released, 19 minutes later, we saw Fernando Alonso sign with Aston Martin, which put Alpine in a very, very uncomfortable position because they were not expecting that. Otmar Zafna, who is the team principal at Alpine, was like, yeah, we've been in talks with uh, Fernando, everything was all good, and then this comes out, it takes us by surprise, it's on social media, it wasn't even told to us. So there was a lot of drama, maybe a bit of uncertainty, but they are still quite confident that with Fernando being with Alpine for the rest of the year, that they can actually do much, much better than what they have done so far, which means that they were looking at a second driver and they are going to promote their reserve driver, Oscar Piastri, now. Wes, we were just talking about this before we went on. Oscar Piastri did the same thing that one of the IndyCar drivers did.
0: Yeah, it was the same thing that happened in IndyCar where uh, the Chip Ganassi racing team, which is one of the better teams in IndyCar racing, certainly top two, along with Penske. They announced Alex Below that they had picked up his option. And then Alex Below says, no, I'm going to McLaren in the IndyCar series, because I think Pillow is one of those guys that maybe have eyes on a potential seat opening in Formula One, which uh, we're going to get to in a moment that appears to be open next year for McLaren. So Pillow, Colton Herta, another IndyCar driver has tested with McLaren. So uh, there's all kind of open seats everywhere. But uh, Oscar Piastri, uh, we will see if he ends up In that second McLaren seat, which Mikhail, you can tell us has become open as of this morning.
3: Yes, so breaking news, Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren have mutually agreed to part ways. Now, I don't believe this is a mutual agreement, but that's just my opinion because we know that Daniel Ricciardo is the only one with an exit clause and McLaren don't, which is telling me that McLaren really want a driver. And there have been a lot of rumors, a lot of talks that they are actually looking at Oscar Piastri, so they're trying to swap up one Australian for another, which is good, I believe. They try to keep it consistent, but they're they're about to have a rookie with Lando Norris. And yes, I do get that Oscar Piastri, f- fantastic driver, phenomenal in Formula Two, but with all these contract talks putting everything uneasy, it's a little bit confusing to know what's going on. So. We know that Daniel Ricciardo is without a seat, but he has confirmed that he will give it his all till the end of 2022 with McLaren. So here are some other seats that are still open. We know that McLaren is still open, Alpine is still open, but we have Haas still open. We know that Kevin Magnussen is confirmed, but Mick Schumacher is not. So we're going to wait to see what happens. I do believe Mick is doing a phenomenal job at Haas and is the perfect driver to be out there uh, with the team. And Günther is uh, very happy with him, even despite the rough start that Mick has had to the season. He has been phenomenal. He's scored his points. He's been up there. So he's really good. Uh, AlphaTauri, they are still looking at Yuki Sonoda. Now, we know that France uh, Tos, who's there, the AlphaTauri team principal, is happy with Yuki. But um, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, I'm seeing glimpses of an F1 driver in Yuki, but... Just too inconsistent to say, okay, I'm going to keep you in. And the other seat that's open is Williams. Nicholas Latifi might not be racing. Now, we've heard a lot of rumors before city season that Nicholas, he is leaving the team and other stuff. But uh, I don't know if that's going to happen because his father is actually a big sponsor of Williams. So we'll see what happens there, which means Daniel Ricciardo has some spaces and the last team that has an open seat is Alfa Romeo. We know that Valtteri Bottas is confirmed for next year, but we'll see what happens with uh, Joe Guan Yu. I think Joe is perfectly fitting out there with the team, and we also have some important news regarding Sauber, which is the next one. Audi yeah, finally confirmed yes. their deal. Now we're back in
0: Formula 1, apparently.
3: Let's see what, what can happen here. I think this is going to be very, very good, very interesting because we know that already have been working out a deal to come back into Formula One. Uh, but with one major thing that they want to be able to control the engines. They want a carbon net zero engine. So sustainable fuels, uh, no changes to the environment, it's absolutely all good running, especially that any technology that they make in Formula One can actually be applicable to road cars regarding their energy unit and their Uh, engine so we know there's a lot of stuff to come we do have some stuff confirmed for the new power units in 2026 that we will get to once more is confirmed but we do know that audi have finalized their deal and are coming in Um, there have been talks that they'll be building their chassis at the sauber factory but their engine will be built at the audi site now we know that in formula one Uh, To have the best car possible is to have the perfect marriage between chassis and engine because you want to build your chassis around the engine and not the engine around the chassis. So uh, we'll see what's going to happen, how this works out. But Wes, what do you think about Audi coming in and the deals with Red Bull and Porsche sort of been leaked out? What do you think this has on the impact of Formula One, especially from a betting standpoint?
0: Well, I think Audi has been trying to get back into Formula One. Audi of course, is uh, very big in the sports car world, uh, not only here in the United States, but also over in Europe, uh, all over the 24-hour Le Mans and in that series. So, you know, to have them back, there's a lot of people, obviously, with Formula One growing world and the television deal contract getting bigger, getting more popular, getting a more younger fan base you have these teams that want to get in. Michael Andretti, who is the owner of Andretti Autosport and IndyCar, he wants to get into Formula One, but it's not easy just to say, okay, I got a money and I can, you know, write a big check here and get into the sport. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting, not only silly season with the drivers, but also with the engine manufacturers, chassis manufacturers, and also various owners trying to get in the sport. But, uh, Let's go ahead and take a quick break before we get into the preview of this week. Round 14 of the 2022 Formula One season, the Belgian Grand Prix. You're listening Racing Lines right here on Visa and the Sport Betting Network.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Racing Lines, Vicent's Formula One betting show with the English racing expert, Mikhail Miranda. Here is Wes Reynolds back here on Racing
0: Lines. Wes Reynolds and Mikhail Miranda here, getting you previewed for round fourteen of the 2022 Formula One season. That is the Belgian Grand Prix. And also, don't forget you can follow us on the Twitter at Besin Live, at Wes Reynolds in the number one, and at Mikhail A Miranda on Twitter. Use the hashtag Racing Lines. So Mikhail, we're over here in Belgium, the Circuit de Spa Francorchamps. If my French is correct, I think I at least did an admirable job on that, nevertheless. But uh, we are here for the Belgian Grand Prix, 44 laps, uh, 4.3 miles on the track per lap. So explain the circuit a little bit to us and uh, give us a little bit of a historical context on what we've seen at the Belgian Grand Prix.
3: So let's start with something historical. Last year, we didn't actually get to see a full race at Belgium, and this was because during this time of year, Belgium is a bit iffy with its weather. So we saw heavy rain fall down the track, and Max Verstappen winning the race on a technicality. Everyone got half points because there was more than two laps underneath the safety car because it was intense, intense rain. Like You could not drive at all. The spray was too heavy. It was too dangerous. So they're like, let's go for about five, six laps. Let's get this up there, get half points, and we'll see what happens. And that's what happened at the Belgian Grand Prix. But I'm very excited this year because I know that... The the Spa track is absolutely phenomenal. It's got a nice mixture of straights, of corners, high, slow, and fast corners. So I'm going to see what happens here, but I do think that this is going to be a bit of a fast track, a nice overtaking track, as you'll see. A lot of teams go down the straights really fast, but when it comes to the corners, some teams have an advantage on the corners than on the uh, straights. Let's talk about Ferrari right there. Let's get them back in. Let's see Charles do some good things coming back up here at the Belgian Grand Prix. But this is, I believe to me, this is the ideal circuit that you would like in Formula One. It is fast, it is long, and it's a short amount of laps. So you will see a lot of teams being overtaking and strategies play really important. And you might see the rain fall down in certain parts of the circuit. So teams will have to get their strategies to be on point and you get to see how well teams react to weather coming just with five minutes out. Like, hey, rain's falling down, it's heavy. Maybe switch to inters or go full on wet and see what can happen. So I'm very excited to see what happens with all the uh, training that the teams have done I know that Lewis Hamilton, Daniel Ricciardo, Landon Norris, and George Russell have all been back at the headquarters on the simulators, preparing for every possible scenario. We'll see what Max and Red Bull have, what Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Ferrari, what they all have in store for Belgium and coming forward. But I think that this is the perfect track if you ever want to see Formula One. I believe this is the track to see overtaking. And we know that Max is got a good lead uh west let's talk about the batting odds coming into this race yeah
0: max for stopping of course the odds on favorite right now minus 115 to get the win charles leclerc at plus 350 lewis hamilton four to one george russell nine to one carlos signs all the way down there 11 to one sergio perez 22 to one and then you go ahead and you get some of the bigger odds it takes a big jump Lando Norris at 200 to one, Fernando Alonso 200, Ocon, Ricardo at 300 to one, and then everybody else 500 to one or above. So look, uh, obviously very hard to go against Mac and- Max in terms of winning. And if you want to go, you can also do podium finish at DraftKings and a couple other stores out there. Max stopping a big favorite, minus 360. To reach the podium, Charles Leclerc minus 190, Lewis Hamilton minus 125, and then everybody else at least is plus money going down the grid. So, and you can also bet podium finish by team, double podium finish, in fact, at Draft Games. Uh, if you leave both Ferraris, both red cars going to get on the podium two to one. Same with Red Bull Racing, Mercedes at plus 330, and then it goes all the way up to. to plus 80,000 with Alpine and McLaren, just uh, some very absurd odds here. So you can bet manufacturer, the constructor, you can bet the race winner. You can also bet top six and top 10, which is kind of an interesting angle that I want to take because uh, we always try to anticipate, I think, Mikhail, who's going to be the surprise. We expect, okay, the big boys are going to be up there. The Red Bulls are going to be up there. The Ferraris are going to be up there. And certainly Mercedes is going to be up there. But Who's going to be the surprise team in the weekend? And when I think maybe who could surprise here, I think Haas could be a big surprise here because they are very good at these layouts that have the real fast speed corners. They did very well at Silverstone, also did well in Austria at the Red Bull Ring. So I think the track layout with some of the upgrades here, Haas uh, for the top 10, if you want to go a little bit downwards and uh, looking at Kevin Magnussen at plus 125 for a top 10, I think that that's a good bet. Top six could be a reach. Now, he is plus 750, but I think Haas uh, could do very well. And then all eyes are kind of going to be on Mick Schumacher as well. You mentioned him briefly earlier in the program. He's run well the last few races. And look, there's a lot. There's some pressure on him because uh, Antonio Giovannazzi, is going to have a run in the FP1 on Friday in the Haas. So is he going to be the replacement, perhaps, for Mick Schumacher? So Mick Schumacher still has the pressure to perform, but the young German, I think the last few races has really done well, even though his future is very uncertain. So Haas, for me, I think could very well be the surprise. And if I'm anticipating a disappointment, Might be Mercedes, because I think that this break, actually, it came at a good time for Ferrari, but it came at a rough time, I think, for Mercedes, because all of a sudden, they were making really real progress and whatnot. So, you know, with these long streets and the straight line speed, crucial for the strong lap time, you know, Mercedes, I still think a little bit behind in the straight line speed with Red Bull and Ferrari.
3: Absolutely. They don't have that speed but I think they have a very good balance package We know Red Bull is really good with straights. we know that Ferrari is really good with the corners but we do love to see Mercedes with a perfectly balanced car to take those corners and to take the straight line speed and we did see George Russell actually hold up Max Verstappen on the straights previously this season so the thing that I'm looking at I think George Russell has a good shot at the podium so I'm going to look at him for a nice podium finish and he's at plus 145 I think that's a good price Uh, maybe a little bit on the higher end I think he should be a plus 120 but plus 145 is a really good bet so if you ever see him in that market I think it's good to take him and I'll be looking at Charles Leclerc to actually win the race now I know that Ferrari have blundered all the opportunities but I think This reset that they finally got with their drought of being on the podium and just being up in the points and on the higher end of the points, I think they want to get back to winning races again. And I do see Charles absolutely dominate the track, especially with the amount of turns that we have here at Spa. I do believe this will favor Charles a bit more than it does Max in the Red Bull. But again, the moment that rain falls anything that you have bets on Max because we know Max is absolutely phenomenal in the rain and we know Haas also very good in the rain. So if you do see a bit of drizzle this weekend, especially on Sunday, look at Haas to finish in the top 10, both drivers to finish in the top 10 uh, as well as the top six because I think they can do it. Uh, Another thing that I'm looking at is the double podium finish. I will be looking at Ferrari or Mercedes But I will place this bet in uh, right before qualifying because that would give me a much better idea of what the teams have done with their setups because we know the moment we hit uh, qualifying, we're in park fermé. Teams cannot touch the cars at all to make any setup changes or any engine changes. Otherwise, there will be penalties coming forward. So I'm going to be looking at Ferrari and Mercedes for a double podium finish. I am ignoring Red Bull because... Sergio Perez, as well as he is, a second driver. I believe that Carlos Sainz has been doing a much better job. George Russell has been doing a much better job than uh, Sergio Perez. So I am looking to fade him this race, but we'll see what happens because my mic can change depending what happens in free practice three on Saturday. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. And let's go down to the world champion, so constructors right now. This is minus 1,000 for Red Bull Racing. As we said, Red Bull is running away with the points. Uh, but do you think that Ferrari can make a comeback here? I know we talked about this before the break, but do you think they can win races and Red Bull take a downfall with the plus 700 here that uh, Ferrari has for the construction title?
0: I think they can close the gap. I don't know if I'm willing necessarily to bet that even at plus $7. I think that's a healthy lead right now for Red Bull, even though... You know, I would maybe look to skirt them this week too. I'm with you, Mikhail, in terms of Charles Leclerc. If you want to bet him to win the race, he's about 7 to 2, 350, or you can bet a little bit less than $2 for a podium finish. So that's probably the way I am going to look this week. Uh, any other uh, plays for you so far, Mikhail? Or are you going to wait till qualifying for the weekend?
3: I want to be waiting until about free practice three because I'm eyeing Lewis and George a lot right now that might be just a fan bias, as I call it, because I am a fan of Mercedes. I'm a fan of their power units. So I might be eyeing them a little bit too much with bias. But I do know that Mercedes do have an overall good package. So I might be looking at them to do something a little bit strange out here. But the major thing that I'm looking out that will play when I'm betting would be the weather. That Those conditions can be treacherous to any team, especially with the rain. We know what happened to Landon Norris last year at Sochi, and I don't want to see that again happen. So I'm going to be eyeing out the weather forecast to see what happens over the weekend and how the teams are preparing for it, because the rain can be absolutely a big factor for teams when it comes to the tyre strategies. So if anyone is knows Spa, Watch out for that. Watch out for the teams and maybe keep an eye on Charles, Lewis and Max to see what could happen for race winners.
0: Yeah, we'll see if the time off is going to benefit Ferrari here, but uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Racing Lines. We'll be back next week, by the way. Three races in a row here on the Formula One circuit. First to start off in Belgium this week, then the Dutch Grand Prix at Circuit Zandvoort in Zandvoort, Netherlands. So for Macau Miranda West Reynolds, this has been Racing Lines here on Veasan, the Sport Betting Network.